AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing. With so many fun things happening this spring, like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, it's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. I saw this on the internet. It's a tweet from Mohammed Safa, a dude out of New York, said, no immigrant has taken your job. You were laid off by a capitalist who required cheap labor and took advantage of that immigrant to increase its profit. Nothing makes him happier than hearing you blame the immigrant and not him. It made me think of a Malcolm X quote that uh, has always reigned in my head whenever I think about immigrant, black and brown unity, this being Asian Pacific Islander month. Uh, When I think about all those things in relation to the plight of being of specifically anti-Black sentiment across the world that even some of these other uh, communities can carry. I think of this quote from Malcolm X that says, if you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people doing the oppressing. Because that's what that quote reminded me of. Man, if you're not careful, this news will have you thinking another poor person is the person keeping you poor. That another oppressed group is doing your oppressing. Now, I can't tell or promise you that there's some sort of big sinister plot that all the rich people in the world sit around and had a meeting and all follow the same uh, same rule book. But it did make me think, have y'all ever heard of Willie Lynch letter? Let me put y'all on game. Hood politics. (laughs) 
I imagine you don't need me to tell you anything about the 199th and 200 mass shooting just this year, right? And you probably have seen enough of this footage and heard enough of this story and you know the broken record. You already know how this is gonna go. We gonna talk about mental health and gun reform and these fools ain't gonna do shit. And it's just gonna be yet another. You gonna hear that again, yet another, right? And well, it's not the guns, it's mental health. Well, it's not mental health, it's the guns. Well, maybe it's both, dumbass. Like, it, and even if it's not the guns and it's the mental health, okay, what are you gonna do about mental health? Like, what are, you, what are your plans? Oh, you ain't got one? Well, then shut, shut up, right? And, yeah, and if you take away guns, okay, cool. Like, all right, so, you know, you took away the guns. Now, what are you gonna do about mental health? You know what I'm saying? It's like, Y'all, y'all already know all this stuff. Y'all need like, you know, the the role of hood politics is to help you know that you understand more than you give yourself credit for. Listen, I'm more interested in how we as kin folk can dialogue around this. So I want to introduce you to the Willie Lynch theory. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count with every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
Willie Lynch theory. And I'm going to get into its history, its origins, the veracity of it, and what that got to do with us. But I want to I want to talk about it around not only this mass shootings, but also the ending of Title 42, which is what well, was a COVID restriction. And what Title 42 said was because of COVID health emergency we were in, if you came seeking asylum, we didn't have to take you in because we could stop you at the border because of health restrictions. Right. Ending of it changes the way that asylum works. Asylum has worked in a number of different ways, but mostly asylum is a legal port of entry. You're fleeing a country, you're making an asylum claim. And generally how it's been for a while is it's called catch and release in, in, in some ways, in the sense that like, okay, I know the, the term sounds terrible, but it's kind of like this. You get here, clearly you're in distress. Okay, why don't you just chill right here? Cause I'm not gonna send you back to chaos. Just chill right here. Hold on while we get your paperwork together and see if you could stay for, if you, you could stay for good. Kick it right here. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like triaging, like let's stop the bleeding first. Now don't, don't let me explain this as if this is some sort of morally good and humane way of doing things. Ain't nothing at the border humane. Unless you got NGOs down there making it humane. But besides that, shout out Preemptive Love and, and Search for Common Ground, organizations I work with. But you get in there, you wait for your asylum case. And sometimes, as you know, if you know any immigrants, man, that mug can take years. So while that's happening, you just like your life not on hold. You have a sponsor, you know somebody here or you just go where you got to go while you're waiting for your asylum claim. And sometimes that's not till like four years. And at that point, I mean, you got a whole ass life here. You know what I'm saying? You probably didn't have children, right? You done got married. So, you know, you kind of build a life. But again, you're seeking asylum. You're not here illegally. You're actually waiting for your trial, right? It's this limbo that actually I think uh, Embedded did a whole story on this. Like this limbo of like, you're here, but you're not actually here. In the eyes of the law, you still haven't crossed the border. In the eyes of the law, you're still on a boat five miles outside of our shores. So you have no legal protections because you're not technically here yet, which is absurd. That's why I was like, don't act like this is humane. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's, that's the process of seeking asylum. Now, in addition to that, what these new laws are saying is what you'd have to do to seek asylum is you have to prove to me that you've tried at another place, that you've, you've gone to another country and you've tried to get asylum there on your way here. We can't be the first person you asked. Is, this, is, this is our law. And if we the first person you ask, we're going to send you back to the first country that you try to get into and say you need to talk to them first. Because much to the chagrin of the, you know, right wing, I hate immigrants circle. And I'm going to get into how that circle sometimes be their own folk. If you if you be around some immigrant circles, you know, what I'm saying me around my first gen Mexican wife living in the Mexican side of town. It's a plenty of fools that we could say skin folk ain't kin folk. You know what I'm saying? Somehow feel like they better than you because they family got in earlier. Like, but listen, I'm, let me leave that alone. I'm putting my opinion in here. That's an experience I ain't had. So let me, you know what I'm saying? Let me, let me, let me, let me fall back. But they didn't like the fact that you could just kind of be here. It was the way to like trick the system. If you could just, oh, just go and claim asylum. It takes like 10 years to get a case anyway. So at that point, you don't have kids. You know what I mean? You can't leave now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got children born here. So it's this like mixed message that's like, yo, don't come here, but come here. It's also a mixed message to the coyotes, right? Like, so if I'm gonna snuggle you into the country, 
Once I get you to the border, just go there and just say you claim an asylum. You good. Give me my two G's. You know what I'm saying? Now, of course, there's exception to that. Like you have to have applied somewhere else rule. One is Mexico. There is no other country in between here. So there's a particular exception from them. And there's also a exception to people, to countries that we just don't like. Like if you come in here from Russia, because we don't like Russia, you feel me? You got it. You got a better chance. I know how absurd that sounds, but this is the system. Anyway, Title 42 is removing the COVID restrictions that were a good cover for just some blatant anti-immigrant, just hate moving. You say, well, I don't know. I hate illegal immigration. Well, we're not even talking about it. This is, <laughs> you're not listening to us, is you? The, these are asylum seekers. That's not, that's a perfectly legal way to get into the country. So I don't even know what you're talking about when you're talking about illegal immigration. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about asylum seekers. But since our system is just so wrought with inefficiencies and of course racism, there's so many ways to exploit it. Now, I don't have an answer to none of this. Shout out to homie Justin. I, I have no answers to none of these questions. But these are just the situations at our border. Now, you couple that with the fact that the shooter at this mall down at Allen, Texas, was a Latino man, which some people would make you say, well, clearly it's not a race thing. Or that, see, we told you these illegal immigrants are the problem, right? Which both are absurd statements for a number of reasons. One, because homie had the, you know, the RWDS little patch on it, which stands for right wing death squad. And also just look at his social media. He didn't, he's bought in. So I want to talk to y'all about something that it's almost like this is some free game for you to help you get your brain around a few conversations so that like when you talk about these things, you talk about them with a calibrated temperament that is steeped in a lived experience of persons of color. So you, you following me here? Like, I'm going to really get my teacher on right now. People are always accusing um, people who work in the justice space, communities of color, that we're always making it about race. Why are you always making it about race? You're, that wasn't, you're making it about race. This isn't about race. And then since they believe we're making it about race, it's like we tend to find racism everywhere. You're like, environmental racism. Like, what the, you, are you telling me that, you're telling me the tornado's racist? Is that what you're saying? You're saying floods are racist. That, is that what you're saying? Like, oh my God, even the nature's even, so you're saying the weather's racist, right? That's what, that would be the, the accusation. And of course that sounds stupid, right? But you know me, maybe I'm gonna give my little analogy. Maybe you could think of it like this. If you were gonna go fishing, like off a pier down in Santa Monica, you know, so ocean, right? Salt water, it's the ocean. It's a pretty safe bet to think that anything that comes out of, comes on your hook and out of that body of water is a saltwater animal. It's a saltwater creature. Now, I'm pretty sure there's some of you people that are smarter than me that could tell me that there are some things that can live in both or that are actually freshwater. They just happen to have, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're smarter than me. Maybe it is. I'm just thinking it's a pretty good bet to think that if I got it out of a saltwater body of water, it's going to be a saltwater creature. It's kind of the same with a 
racist system. Whatever you build inside of a racist system is going to be calibrated towards that racism or it won't survive. It's just, it's, so I'm not finding it everywhere. The system requires racism for it to function the way it's been functioning here. Okay. So here's an example back to that. Uh, yeah, sure. The floods are not racist, but what are, were the laws around redlining and zoning that left poor communities and communities of color being neglected for infrastructure upgrades and changes because our zip codes counted towards low income. And, you know, and and zip code is just like a a coded way of saying black neighborhood, you know what I'm saying, or brown neighborhood. And of course, I'm I'm speaking in terms of intersectionality because I know that social class and race are separate things, but also overlapped. But that's because I understand critical race theory. So anyway, so those zip codes say that like, yeah, like our levees, the levees haven't been serviced in our in our part of town for a long time. Our streets have not been updated. Our pipes have not been cleaned. There's trash inside of our gutters because the city, because of a legacy of racist laws that, you know, redlined us out and zoned us out to a certain thing, gerrymandering that says that like, you know, this particular district has this particular more money. So I'm going to work more specifically towards this particular district because it was more advantageous for them. When these natural disasters happen, yes, they hit black, brown, and underserved neighborhoods worse. It's the same water, but you haven't been taking care of us because of your racism. So yeah, that's what happens. Yes, black people can't swim. Well, you know, we wasn't allowed into public pools. We got kicked off of beaches. Well, I mean, we, okay. So no, it's like, these are things that are part of every, how come your family don't have, you know, ask your grandfather to uh, invest in your business. Well, my granddaddy didn't get land until Homestead Act. Like uh, what I'm trying to tell you is like, it's in the system. What was the Homestead Act? Well, it was the end of the civil war. The country was broke. We needed to give these land grants to these new plots of land we had out West, right? Those land grants were given to white peasant families only. Black people couldn't get it. The the government gave them a leg up. You had farms given to you by the government. I well, like so. I don't know what you mean. That's what I mean by in the system. Were you telling me land grants are racist? I'm saying it grew out of a racist system. So yes, they only gave it to white folks. I I, I mean it's in the water. If credits scores are given to people based on whether they can own a home and stuff like that. You're like, yeah, I might loan you a thousand dollars, but if you see that I'm trying, I'm from this zip code trying to get into that zip code, you're going to charge me 16%, 18%, but charge somebody else 5%, right? Or just not give me the loan at all because you looked at that zip code, you know who's in that zip code, and now we can't get into that house because that zip code doesn't want a lot of black people in it. It's in the system, y'all. I'm not making this shit up. That's how it works. So yeah, I'm seeing it everywhere because it is everywhere. It affects every area of my life, which ain't my choice. I wish it didn't. That's the next point I want to bring up is that because of this type of institution we've built, communities of color and white people for that matter, but I think mostly communities of color. I'll explain how this this affects white folks too. But I think communities where our identities are so flattened that we're expected to speak for all of us, the type of dynamic, just normal ass 
being a normal dynamic human is with complicated thoughts and feelings and experiences is just not awarded to us because there's this big gaze of gazes and eyes y'all of like our identities being a a political unit for which our rights are measured against that's just that's how a racist system works you know and it's not not what i want so then you say, well, then why are you creating laws? Because we're trying to fix the, we're, we're calibrating the problem. Like it's because I'm trying to fix the problem. Like, does that make sense? And I think well, white folks, it's like, that's why you're always like, damn, not all white people. My answers didn't hold slaves. Those are just racist fucks. Yeah, I know because we're in a system that flattens you too. That took white people and created whiteness. And you're stuck in it too. Don't you understand? You a victim too. You know how I know? Go into any rural community. Going to any poor white trailer park, tough as nails, sawmill working, coal mine. They they like, look, this whiteness ain't helped me at all. Like, they like, look, these people don't love me neither. They understand that like, nah, they, them niggas don't speak for me. But what the system has done, it's which gets me to what I'm about to talk about, is to say, rather than be mad at the people causing that or the institution that is causing that, you mad at immigrants. You mad at black people. And your cheerleader, your champion, is this man, Donald Trump, and this right-wing conservative people that is telling you that them other colored folks is your problem. You, you, you know, you one of us. We want to save America for you. And what your answer should be is, well, when you gonna start doing that? Like, I'm, my, my daddy and my granddaddy and his granddaddy before that been working these mines. I know our lot ain't changed. So what 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 America you saving? You should be looking at him and being like, hey, this Filipino immigrant that I'm sharing this number four with extra fries with, because that's the only money that we got. That man got black lung like I do. Where my health care at? Like, where my where my job training? I mean, if we we not gonna stop electric cars from happening, when you go, I mean you trying to save our jobs, nigga, then like what's up with the training? You know what I'm saying? Like, we doing all this call. What's up with my, like, what's up with my lung cancer stuff? Like, you're not really helping me, are you? When you gonna make us great? You gonna pick us over them? When, when you gonna come pick us? <laughs> That's what you should be saying. But as Malcolm X said, listen, if we not careful, he say newspapers, because that was his time. Yeah, them newspapers will have an oppressed person hating another oppressed person instead of they oppressor. Let's talk about the Willie Lynch papers. Next.
at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, let me get to it and tie this all up together. Now, the Willie Lynch letter is Willie Lynch letter and the making of a slave. Now, this was reported to be done by a man named William Lynch, who was supposedly in 1712, gave this speech. He was from the Caribbean, from Haiti. And supposedly this was like the basically the owner's manual to how to break a slave. Now, the letter has been essentially debunked in the sense that it's probably not what it purports to be. Now, some would use the term hoax, right? And it's kind of because of there, there's some language in there that wouldn't match the year 1712 that like clearly comes from another time. It started popping up around the 1970s. I remember my dad used to talk to me about it and about the process, again, of breaking a slave and making your property submit, right? It's, it's a really hard read, but here's, here's an introduction. 
The infamous Willie Lynch letters gives both African and Caucasian students and teachers some insight concerning the brutal, humane psychology behind the African slave trade. The materialistic viewpoint of the Southern plantation owners is that slavery was a business and the victims of chattel slavery were mere pawns in an economic game of debauchery, crossbreeding, interracial rape, and mental conditioning of the Negord race that they considered subhuman. Now, I want you to get this point. Whether this is factual or not is not the point that I'm bringing up. Because I think there's a good case to say that, yeah, like, there's usually the way that history works. There's usually not one, like, master document or owner's manual that, like, would set up and and be the guide for multinational, multigenerational system in multiple countries. You know, I mean, my Lord, like, there would have been volumes and volumes of academic scrutiny around this thing, were it what it proposed to be. Now, that being said, if it came up in the 70s, I don't know who actually wrote this thing, but that's not even the point of this pod. But you have to remember what was happening in the time of the 70s, right? You know, post-civil rights, Black power movement, you know, after the wars and, uh, you know, the advent of a lot of like violence in inner city streets and this new type of black love was reemerging. So when you look at the content that I'm about to tell y'all about a little more and you line it up next to firsthand accounts from slaves, right? It's hard not to think because of the way that all these different accounts from all these different plantations across the Americas, it's hard to not feel like, damn, like, are y'all all reading from the same book? You know what I mean? Right. You know, like how black people, you know, always be like, yo, it's a conspiracy. It's the man keeping us down. It's hard to not feel like that because of how much of these systems all work together. It's like, damn, it's like, do y'all all sit around the same table? And when you look at, the types of stories and firsthand accounts and not only from written, but, you know, at the time you talking about like your great grandma, your grandma and them stories that you heard from your own family. When you place them all together, even if this is this was a tool for teaching and it was fictionalized for the purpose of understanding something that would communicate a truth to us now, then it wouldn't make sense. It's not so much that it's a hoax, but it's a way of fictionalizing and encapsulating things that are clearly were happening to us and still affect us now. Are you following me? There were lessons I feel like the people at the time when this thing came out was trying to communicate to a younger generation or to a modern time that given the information we have from slavery, if I were to compile it, it would seem like this is what's happening. You, you following me? So let me give you some of the meat of it. Uh, so the again, the speech was delivered by a slave owner, William Lynch, on the banks of the James River in 1712. That's what the document claims. Now, like I said, whether that's true or not, probably not. But this is this is where we're getting this from. So here, check this out. Here's the instrument. 
is gentlemen. I greet you on the banks of James River of the year of our Lord, 1,712. First of all, I shall thank you, the gentlemen of the colony of Virginia, for bringing me here. I am here to solve some of your problems for slaves. Your invitation reached me on my modest plantation in the West Indies, and I have experienced some of the newest and still the oldest methods of control of slaves. In ancient Rome, would envy the program I've implemented. So here's some of the things that he says he's implemented, right? I'm going to skim through this thing because now you can download it and read it yourself. Uh, but guys, I mean, it's, it's really brutal. So the idea is he's like, I need to break them mentally, psychologically, and emotionally. And if you break them correctly, like a horse, they'll follow you forever, right? And one of the main things he says is like, um, this is a this is a direct quote. Now, again, he uh, again, the veracity of this is a whole other story. We're going to get to the point as to why and why this is important to us after I tell you all this stuff. It says, look, it, don't forget, you must pitch the old black male versus the young black male and the young black male against the old black male. You must use the dark-skinned slaves versus the light-skinned slaves and the light-skinned slaves versus the dark-skinned slaves. You must use the female versus the male and the male versus the female. You must also have your white servants and overseers distrust all blacks, but it is necessary. Your slaves trust and depend on us. They must love and respect and trust only us. And then he gives these kits on how to create that thing, right? Y'all catch that? He's saying you want your white peasants to distrust black people, but you want your black people to trust them white peasants. That's how you create order. Let me let me keep going for you. Now, here's a side note from uh, the Black Arcade Liberation Library in 1970. They say it was in the interest and business of slaveholders to study human nature and the slave nature in particular. With a view uh, to practical results, many of them attained astonished proficiency in this direction. They had to deal not with earth, wood, and stone, but with men. And they, by every regard, they had known for the safety and prosperity they had need to know the material on which they were to work. Now, here's a quote from uh, Frederick Douglass. He says, conscious of the injustice and wrong they were every hour perpetuating, knowing what they themselves would do were they victims of such wrongs. They were constantly looking for the first signs of dread retribution. They watched, therefore, with skilled eyes, practice eyes, learn to read with great accuracy, the state of mind and heart of a slave. Though his stable face, unusual sobriety, apparent abstraction, sullenness and indifference. Indeed, any mood out of the common way afforded ground for suspicion and inquiry, which means this, they know for a fact what they're doing is wrong. So, and they know what they would do if they were being treated like this. So you got to watch carefully because if, if these people actually figure out that we are defeatable, you know what I'm saying? So since you know what you're doing is wrong, you better break these people, right? And I mean, break them bad. Let me pull another quote. He says, 
We hold six cardinal principles as truths to be self-evident based on the following discourse concerning the economic breaking and trying of these horses, uh, breaking and trying of the horse and the nigger together. All inclusive are the six principles laid out above. Note, neither principle alone will suffice for good economics and all principles must be employed in an orderly and good fashion. Accordingly, both wild horse and wild or natural nigger is dangerous even if captured and will tendency to seek their own customary freedom. So in doing so, you cannot rest. So you got to break them, right? So it says, we revise nature by burning and pulling one civilized nigger apart and bull whipping another to the point of death. This is how you break a woman in her presence, right? Continually through the breaking of uncivilized savage niggers by throwing the nigger female savage into a frozen psychological state of independency, by killing the protective male image by creating a submissive, independent mind of the nigger, male savage, we have created an orbiting cycles that turns on its own axis forever. Unless a phenomenon occurs that reshifts the position of the female savages, we show what we mean by example. So I'm not going to subject y'all to, to the rest of this, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. So you break the family apart. You make the woman feel isolated and solo. You convince a man that he cannot protect his family. He is helpless without the help of the of the overseer. There is nothing you can do. I can rape your girl. It don't matter. You're not a man. I could take your children and sell them to another place. You're not a man. Right. And watch me treat the light skinned ones better. Do you know what I'm saying? And so why? And while you watching me treat the light skinned ones better. The light skinned ones start thinking they actually better than the uh, than the dark ones. The house niggas and field niggas. Then there's a third part that I'm not going to get fully into, but you can search at your own time. It's this idea of giving somebody a puddle of mud, dividing your room up, and then say, I'm letting you have this puddle of mud and you got to protect it from those other people. Now, we all fighting over this little piece of freedom, but that little piece of freedom, that little plot of land, it's just, a, it's just mud. Why are we fighting over this? Now, you take this, this letter, this whole thing, that's probably a hoax, but more likely an allegory. And you play that into the 1970s where you have us living in projects shooting at each other. You got colorism bouncing around our communities. You got gang and crime activity at an all time high while, while the Black Panther Party and, and, the, and the other people are doing their best while our leaders have been shot. Everybody been killed, right? The government has came in. COINTELPRO has broken us down. Our communities are broken apart. There's mass incarceration. Daddy's gone. Right. And they being low key, kind of nice to the pretty niggas. And them old niggas sound like old niggas. Y'all old heads. Right. And these young, wild bucks, what we do with them, oh, we make them athletes. You just, you know what I'm saying? Criminal or actor, rapper or pastor. You know what I'm saying? There's another thing they used to do with the faith thing because they knew we was people of faith in whatever way we were. They gave us a Bible, but you know that Bible was missing Exodus? Did you know that? The slave Bible ain't have Exodus. Anything that talked about freedom was taken out of the Bible, which says to me, like, again, see, I don't come from that, like, that white Western Christian nationalist evangelical circle. I come from a different tradition that opened the Bible and was like, yo, it seemed to me like God is always on the side of the oppressed. It seemed to me like God is always open his, his arms wider. You following the narrative arc of scripture, God opened his arms wider. You feel me? But the Bible they was given to us 
Oh, that had all that out taken out. Imagine how we felt when we finally read Exodus. And we was like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, remember this, we, a lot of us come from West Africa, East Africa. They had, that's actually an older church than the American one. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they kind of already knew. You know, as that, them orthodoxes, that's how they already knew. The point is, the point I'm trying to tell you is they even used faith as a means of oppression. Again, couple that with the 70s. People like Elijah Muhammad, and they trying to tell you, like, listen, these are controlling tactics. Now, was there a book given to slave owners as to how to break a slave? Or did they instinctually know you break it like a horse? If you show any emotion that's anything that's that not too pleasant. If you too pleasant, you happy, you hiding something. I'm gonna beat your ass. You too sad? Oh, you making me look bad. You gonna be bad morale for the slaves. I'm gonna beat your ass. You looking at me sideways? Oh, you think you tough? I'm gonna beat your ass. Oh, you can read? Oh, you smarter than master? I'm gonna beat your ass. You keeping these people in line. You could do your little hippity hop, your little honkity tonk. Go and play your little songs. Do your little jigs. That's okay. I'll give them a little, give, give, give them Sundays. They'll be all right. It's a psychological war just as much as it's a physical war. You have stripped me as a man of all remnants and markers of manhood. And what's going to happen? I'm going to find manhood in another way. What, what, what's that? Like the, the shit the niggas take pride in now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what, what, what the hell am I supposed to do? There's an argument among some of the, uh, the more hoteps of the world that post-World War II uh, when our families were separated and we were sent off to war, the government was giving subsidies to single moms, which was supposed to end when your husband came back, right? So that means the checks come, the checks done. The checks done when your husband come back because your husband's supposed to provide for you. Now, do you know people looking to hire black veterans? No. They, we couldn't get jobs. The civil rights movement ain't happened yet. Couldn't get jobs. So what was a wife to do? Well, we still need to pay, pay for these kids. So they say, well, I'm, I'll choose the money. But if you choose the money, that means you can't stay married to this man. And what does this man feel like? He feel like you chose money over, over me. And now I'm ashamed. And guess what just happened? You just pitted black man against black woman. The shit works, nigga. You know, there's a fight right now. You're not in black circles. It's a fight right now between African-Americans and African diaspora. We got we got beef right now. Why? Because this shit works, y'all. Just as long as they fighting each other and not fighting me, everything going to be all right. Because the goal to keep a slave on the plantation is to make them think they need you, that everything outside is more dangerous. It's safer to be here. I'm all you got. You ain't got no options. And look, it, if somebody run away, that's going to mess it up for everybody else. You know, you 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 getting too bold out there. You know, you gonna mess it up. Master gonna come beat us. You gonna shut your mouth now. You know, shut your mouth. You know, we can't get up. No, they free up there. You know, but that's that's you know, we don't we don't we don't go up there. I mean, look, I'm a, I was a good nigga. It as you saw the continuation of like I said, a racist system. It's hard to not think that like, damn, y'all using the same tactics on us. You know, put us over in this little corner, have us fight against each other, blame each other for our problems rather than. You know, if I'm going to continue this, the, the metaphor, I got salt all in my lungs because of that crab over there. N no, you got salt in your lungs because you in the ocean. Y'all with me?
So why do I bring this up if you can't see where I'm going here? The immigrants ain't stealing your job. It's the mass layoffs. It's the people that said, if I could get the same work cheaper from somebody who is so desperate that they'll do whatever it takes, then yeah, I'm going to do that. You cost too much. You mad at that person who is desperate for taking the job rather than saying, these people don't respect either of us enough to pay us fair wages? You mad at this immigrant? You mad at this nigga that walked four countries? How a Mexican man stand up there, a Latino man stand up there with a right wing death squad sweater on? Oh, because he drank the Kool-Aid. Because it makes sense. Because the white people always win. Because Willie Lynch. I'm a nigga, but I'm not like them niggas. Or I'm a Latino, or I'm a Mexican, but I'm not like them Mexicans. You mad at your own folk? That's Willie Lynch, y'all. Is Willie Lynch a real person? Probably not. Do the tactics work? Absolutely. Are they actual tactics? I don't know. But I tell you what, you done got me all the way messed up. You think I'm going to be mad at another poor person for the issues we got? Listen, don't let them fool you, dog. That's Willie Lynch. My understanding of how anti-blackness is an international issue makes me feel like I'm very well equipped to tell everybody. Don't let them fool you. Hood politics. You know, I don't know why I ain't thought of this before, but, you know, you could use promo code hood for 15% off on terraformcoldbrew.com. Like, I forgot I own that company and this is my pod. Y'all go ahead and punch it promo code hood if you in the cold brew. Get you some cold brew. Go and get you some coffee. Yeah, like, I can't believe I ain't think of this till right now. Yo, this thing right here was recorded by me, Propaganda, in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California. This thing was mixed, edited, mastered, and scored by the one and only Matt Osowski. Y'all, check out this fool's music. I mean, it's incredible. Executive produced by Sophie Lichterman for Cool Zone Media. Man, and thank you for everybody who continue to tap in with us. Make sure you leave a reviews and five-star ratings and sharing it with the homies so we could get this thing pushed up in the algorithm and listen i just want to remind you these people is not smarter than you if you understand city living you understand politics we'll see you next week
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.